2: Show. it's always a thrill to be here i don't even care that it's may gray out there we got the grayest of may days here in san diego but that's okay because i am here in these sunny beautiful am 1170 studios here in san diego and it's always a thrill for me to share this time with everybody out there especially my boy dj carrot what you've even added sound effects what the what whose show is this All right, well, in case you're watching via Facebook Live, hey there to Sandra Stevens and Elisa and and others out there. Y'all start a conversation rolling. We got a great show coming up for you. If you are watching on Facebook Live, you might notice that I'm wearing like my tie-dye jacket that I've worn before. I did this today in honor of someone whose music I didn't remember the other day when he died, but I got like 300 comments I posted on Facebook you know, that I couldn't recall one name or a song of the Almond Brothers. And people were like, what? Are you kidding me, girl? You grew up in the South? You know what? They they weren't really my family's band, I guess. My parents didn't really play their music in the house. You know, I grew up listening to Smooth Groove. I grew up listening to, you know, The Temptations, The Tops, you know, Al Green. You know, that's the kind of music, you know, mama played around the house. Lou Rawls. Okay, that's my music. So don't hate on me. Um, so today, for the Almond Brothers fans out there, I'm wearing my tie-dyed. Um, you know I would play a little bit of their music but then when it comes time to post the Facebook live broadcast Facebook probably wouldn't allow it so you know maybe they're the ones that y'all need to bust
3: Get could sing a little bit of it goodnight rider Ooh.
2: Is that one of their songs? Yeah, it's, that was one of my favorites. I did. I did. When people started giving the names of the songs, then I like was like, oh yeah, I heard of that. Like last night, I was watching When Harry Met Sally, one of my favorite movies, and one of the restaurant scenes that uh, Rambling Man was playing in the background. I was like, yeah, I know that song, and I still don't like it. Because it ain't my music. But anyway, enough of that. Thanks for joining me here. In about five minutes or so, we're going to bring on the amazing Dr. Sebastian Gorka to talk about everything that's happening around the world. Um, you know, I have tuned out a lot of the major news media outlets that I, that used to be regulars of mine that I watched, you know, or or had on in the background all day, every day. and, And I had to tune it out because the mainstream media, we don't really have anybody in the mainstream media anymore who is truly offering any real journalistic efforts. They're all a part of pushing propaganda and pushing, you know, a a liberal agenda. So much so. to where. But I thought, you know what, before I head out of the house today, I'm going to put on the news. And the lead story was um, uh, an attempt to, a missile defense system, an attempt to take out um, another rocket. I think that's an important story. Things are getting really kind of, you know, we got this crazy guy in North Korea. I'm going to ask Dr. Gorka about that. But it's absolutely not the lead story for me. The lead story for me is the fact that we have reports from a FISA court that says the Obama administration and administration officials within, within his, his administration have been illegally spying on American citizens and leaking classified information as a result of that, including John Brennan. I have been asking for weeks, what is the probable cause that allowed an, a Democrats, a sitting Democrat president to surveil the opposition party presidential candidate and his campaign. And I haven't been able to get any answers. We've had Republicans, Republican officials, conservatives coming forth and saying, without a fact, uh, that that um, there was Russian interference in our elections, as though that's just you know accepted fact, as well as that it's supposedly accepted fact that there is a basis, a valid reason in which a Democrat sitting president spied on the campaign of the opposition party presidential candidate in his campaign. And nobody has put forth any probable cause for it. We now know the reason for that. John Brennan admitted in front of Congress, former CIA director, that on the basis of conversations that he did not even know what was said, went to the White House, and on that basis alone, they started surveilling the opposition party presidential candidate and his campaign. And on top of it, according to the FISA, remember remember when Trump came out and said that he had learned That his campaign, he had been wiretapped. and Here came Lindsey Graham. He was like, well, if that had been, if that had happened, there would have been a FISA warrant issued from the FISA court. Well, what did the FISA court say? That it was warrantless wiretapping, basically, had been done going back to 2011. And uh, the FISA court called it a very serious Fourth Amendment issue that NSA analysts, in violation of a 2011 rule uh, prohibiting officials from searching Americans' information without a warrant, had been conducting such queries in violation of that prohibition with a much uh, greater frequency than had been previously disclosed uh, disclosed in court. Then you got Comey going forward and saying that his people had been trained— to sift through and not, you know, um, and, and minimize and follow rules. He said that before Congress, but then in front of the court, uh, it was proven that that's not the case. This guy, Brennan, by the way, is the same CIA director who last summer went to a meeting of the Islamic Society of North America, who was an unindicted co-conspirator in the Holy Land Foundation trial, went to them and said, I am not here Looking at you through the lens of an investigative body or intelligence agency, I'm here as a friend. What? That's your job, is to go look around. He should be looking at everything through the lens of the intelligence agency and investigating those who want to do us harm. That is his his job. But last summer, what he was doing was he was recommending and, and launching with the Obama administration surveillance on the opposition party, but not surveilling... An unindicted conspirator? This, to me, is is the scandal of our time, and I'm not seeing it reported, and I'm not hearing any Republicans either. No, we got John McCain running around the world, bad-mouthing Trump. This is outrageous. And then on top of it, um, he, you know, it gets a little bit more complicated. I would encourage everybody to go to the New York Post. But in, in part of his justification for uh, surveilling Trump or recommending the surveillance uh, of Trump and, and the, or the investigation, whatever you want to call it, which included surveillance, he attached some dossier that hadn't been verified, that, saying that he couldn't even corroborate the sourcing of it. This, and, and, but I don't, what I don't know is whether or not this is the same dossier that ended up being false and fake news that Comey used as a part of his investigation. Where's the Republican Party doing their investigation? Why did the Republican Party uh, put forth a special counsel to only on on, even on the basis of this? They're still only with a special counsel going to be investigating Trump-Russia collusion. Not this. Nor are they investigating Hillary's ties to Russia, nor are they investigating uh, her email scheme. No, we're go, we're, no. the news is talking about Kirshner setting up backdoor channels. You know what backdoor channels were? An illegal server set up next to a toilet in Colorado. We're going to take a break. When we come back. We're going to talk to Dr. Sebastian Gork about all this. So don't go anywhere. More Andrea K. Show coming right back up.
4: a home, a home that you will build great memories in. Call me or text me at 619-992-7113. Call me today. I would be honored to help you find your dream home.
5: You're listening to The Andrea K Show on AM 1170, The
3: Answer.
2: Welcome back to The Andrea K Show. Glad to have you all here with me. I'm always glad to have my next guest with me, particularly since he has... Um, really put himself and his family out there. You look at, at what, what has been going on in these attacks out there to undermine Trump, but not only to, to undermine his administration, but to assassinate him personally, as well as those around him that have dedicated their lives to try to help him drain the swamp and try to turn this country around and make us safe from domestic and, and foreign enemies. And joining me now is Dr. Sebastian Gorka. Hey, Dr. Gorka, thanks for being back on the show. <laughs>
0: It's my pleasure.
2: Well, I want to start by thanking you for hanging in there because you're one of the people that the left has tried to personally assassinate in order to run you out of the White House. There were a lot of rumors that were flying around that you were being forced out. And I am grateful today that uh, that didn't happen and that you are still there working to keep us safe. Thank you.
0: Uh, That's the most kind. You shouldn't read everything you read. You shouldn't believe everything you read in the
2: press. Exactly. I mean, and that's so much about what's going on is is fake news. Uh, The left is continuing to to put forth this stupid, ridiculous Trump-Russia collusion crap. Meanwhile, you know, more evidence about the deep state and what's been going on um, has surfaced um, in terms of, you know, involving um, CIA Director Brennan and what the FISA court came out and said, um, I I, want to spend my time talking with you more, though, about Trump's trip to to Europe and what he accomplished there, as well as North Korea. But before we do get into that, um, anything that you would like to share with us about your thoughts on the deep state and the attempts to undermine President Trump?
0: Well, look, uh, let's avoid any conspiracy theories, but let's just look at the facts. And uh, one of the most um, important pieces of evidence that I, I tell everybody to check is to just look at the Twitter feeds of key individuals in the former Obama White House. So uh, there is uh, not only Ben Rhodes, who was famous for making statements about how proud he was of creating an echo chamber of uh, journalists who would just do the bidding of the Obama White House, but there's also uh, a good friend of his called Colin Kahl, pronounced K-A-H-L, Colin Carr was in the same rank that I hold today, a deputy assistant to the president, and he was also uh, Biden's uh, national security advisor. Colin Carr, just a few weeks after the inauguration, not on an encrypted email, but on his Twitter feed, and you can look at it, just look at it now Colin Carr, K A H L, he actually wrote the following. He said, We, meaning the people who were in the White House uh, until January 20th, must purge the west wing of the ideologues bannon miller Gorka, conway now just stop for a second purge is the kind of language Mm -hmm. that stalin used purge Mm -hmm. is the kind of language that the maoists used in red china this is an individual who 18 weeks ago uh, picked up a paycheck from your taxpayer money as a senior individual in the Obama White House who now thinks it's okay to use language that communists and Maoists use against their political opponents. And this is in America. So, you know, if, if there is a deep state, It is born out of the arrogance of individuals who do not recognize what happened on November the 8th, 2016 in America.
2: Yeah, in fact, uh, you know, I'm recalling uh, Hillary Clinton in a debate saying those who do not accept the outcome of a free and fair election are the greatest threat to our democracy that we face. And this is a very serious threat to our democracy in terms of of the, uh, the undermining of the Trump administration, particularly with the leaks. And I want the Republican Party to to If they want a special counsel, fine, but I want them to investigate the actual crimes that we know committed. And it didn't involve Trump in any collusion. It involved leaks coming. Uh, uh, correct.
0: Look, the, let, let's talk about if we want to talk about collusion, let's talk about the former secretary of state and her husband, Bill Clinton, being paid half a million dollars for a speech in uh, uh, a, a, in Moscow, whilst her, whilst uh, whilst her whilst she, while Bill Clinton's uh, wife is Secretary of State mm-hmm. and is signing off on a deal to sell twenty percent of American uranium to Russia, so you know is, uh, let's you know let, let's look at the facts of the case mm-hmm. and the fact that in the last six months, not one illegal thing has been done by anybody in this administration. But if you look at the last administration, the famous hot mic incident, where the president, President Obama said, tell Vladimir after the elections, Mm -hmm. I will have much greater flexibility. Doesn't that sound like collusion to you?
2: Well, yeah, absolutely. And, you know, what also sounds like collusion to me was when the Secretary of State was using her position as, as a part of the Russian reset with the uh, Russian Silicon Valley. She was at, you know, w- through her business development efforts, bringing investments over there that resulted in not just speaking fees for Bill Clinton, but millions of dollars for the Clinton Foundation. Uh, you know, there were also similar, you know, all this stuff about Kirshner's trying to set up backdoor channels. I say that that email server that she set up that was illegal was quite the backdoor channel for communications. Or how about the backdoor channels of, you know, know, there were reports that that President Obama, when he was a candidate in 08, sent somebody to Iran to set up some backdoor channels to talk about an Iran nuclear deal that would, you know, um, give them ultimately their wish, which is the ability to destroy Israel and the United States. So, you know, uh, but the facts don't seem to matter to anybody out there. And, you know, but I want to shift gears into uh, Trump's historic trip around the world. What a shame that on On this historic occasion, in which he did for the first time in eight years, go not on an apology tour, but to show that America was was restoring itself as the world's greatest superpower, which also has meant the the greatest force for good around the world that he had to go amidst all this attempts to undermine him and this fake crap. What was the goal of his trip? And what do you believe people should see as his accomplishments? Because that's not getting any press.
0: Well, the the goals were very simple. So, uh, number one, it was a reassertion of American leadership. After eight years of feckless foreign policy that created vacuums around the globe that organizations like ISIS and bad actors uh, that were nation states stepped into, uh, we just are sending a very clear message. The president is reinvigorating American leadership Secondly, we are going to be friends to our friends, uh, whether it's uh, Israel or whether it's uh, our European allies, if if you are a friend of America, we will stand shoulder to shoulder with you. And then thirdly, it's to talk truthfully about the problems that are out there, whether it's in front of more than 50 Arab Muslim leaders telling them they must put their own house in order, they must drive the extremists and the terrorists from their places of worship, from their communities, or whether it's talking to our, our NATO allies to say, look, if you're a member of a club, uh, there are things you have to do, there are dues you have to pay, we will stand with you, but you, you've got to stand by the commitments that you've already said you, you will provide. So it's, it was, you know, reasserting American leadership, reassert, reassuring our friends, and also sending a clear message to the bad guys that this is not the Obama White House.
2: Uh, yeah, um, I've I've got some people watching on Facebook Live right now, and one of the questions that they had is, they asked me to ask you what you thought about President Obama. Some people called him the stalker <laughs> during, pre- during President's Trump trip around the world. If you're just tuning in, by the way, this is the Andrea e. Kay show. I'm talking to the, the one and only Dr. Sebastian Gorka. That was pretty unprecedented to have a former president uh, go around following a sitting president on his first trip around the world.
0: It's just unseemly. Uh, If you look at past presidents, uh, it's just not done. Uh, We're only in the fourth month of a new administration. Uh, You can have your presidential library. You can pick pick a pet issue. But to do what, what President Obama did, uh, it's not surprising, but it really, really uh, is not the dumb thing. But it doesn't matter. He just paints himself more uh, as what he it was for the previous eight years. And it does nothing to undermine our work as mm-hmm. the new administration.
2: So during uh, President Trump's trip, unfortunately, we had another terrorist attack. Something that uh, the London mayor has said is, uh, Mayor Khan had said, you know, before the attack, he said, that's just supposed to be, that's part and parcel for life in the big city, Dr. Gorka, um, versus that's a a different mindset from the Trump administration and yourself who believe that we can absolutely eradicate this enemy. We don't have to accept these terrorist attacks, correct? Uh, What can we do? We now know that this, this terrorist over there there was what's called a known wolf, meaning that they knew about him in advance. They knew that he had gone to Libya. He was a part of this, this network over there. And this could have been prevented in advance. What can we learn from that situation so we can stop that from happening here?
0: Well, two things. I mean, everybody, whether you carry a badge or a gun and, or whether you wear the uniform of the republic, it doesn't matter. Number one, you have to educate yourself, your family members, the people around you about the seriousness of the threat. That's why I wrote my book. That's why it's very important to be honest about the threat we face, the severity of it, not, not you know, in a chicken little sense, but just in a, in a, in a, a, a realistic, pragmatic sense. that, that this is a very serious threat and you need to understand your enemy. If you are to defeat them, And secondly, most important of all, if you look at San Bernardino, if you look at the other cases here in the U.S. or elsewhere, if you really see something that makes you feel uncomfortable, if you see something suspicious, you need to tell somebody. The idea that, you know, under the Obama uh, administration, you were afraid because you might be labeled an Islamophobe or a bigot, no, that, that has to end because people's lives are at stake. So educate yourself and be aware of your surroundings and report anything that's suspicious.
2: What can you, um, before the before you came on the show, I was talking about uh, former CIA Director Brennan. It had been reported back when I was in an Act for America conference with Brigitte Gabriel's group. A couple of Congress people came to speak and said that Director Brennan had been at an ISNA conference and said to them, I am not here looking at you through the lens of an investigative body or an intelligence agency. I'm here as a friend. And I thought, good grief. These were the unindicted co-conspirators. Many of the people in that room had, had other t- ties to other terrorist organizations. Do we? Is it safe to say that we now actually have an intelligence community under an under a Trump presidency that is now going to be looking at these organizations through the lens of of investigation and intelligence to route out the terrorist amongst us?
0: Uh, we don't talk about what our intelligence community does. That, you know, we, we don't give away our game plan. That's what the last administration did. Okay. Uh, this uh, this president is committed to the safety of all Americans. Whether you voted for him or not, we will take this threat very seriously. You heard his speech in Riyadh. Mm-hmm. You heard his address to the joint session of Congress. We will take we will take those measures necessary to secure America from all threats.
2: Um. There are some people I absolutely thought that was a mind blowing speech that he gave in Riyadh. I mean, for the first time, we had a president who laid it at their feet and said, get them out of your churches, get them out of your mosque, get them out of your communities, route them out. I thought that was absolutely breathtaking. And it seemed to be well received in the Muslim world, wasn't it?
0: Well, he was recognised as a leader. Uh, look at the reception he received at the airport. Look at uh, the, the stars and stripes all over Saudi Arabia. I mean, this is a man who, even if even if he was giving them tough love. Uh, they respect an individual who isn't there to apologize. Mm-hmm. They, they respect a, a leader like the president who says, look, this is a question of good versus evil. So it's, it really, you know, he did more in 10 days to strengthen our relationship, even with nations that we may have had problematic relations with than the the prior president did in the last eight years. We, you know, as the Marine Corps says, No better friend, no worse enemy. And on that note, I'm going to have to leave you, Andrea.
2: Well, thank you so much. I appreciate your being here, Dr. Gorka. Thank you so much. All right. Um, What an amazing patriot he is. Just always an honor to have him on the show. Um, But don't go anywhere, Andrea Casio, listeners and viewers out there on Facebook, because um, we've got Kurt Schlichter coming up right after the break.
5: ones. For a free consultation, give me a call at 858-792-3444, 858-792-3444. I can't wait to help protect your family's legacy.
3: You're listening to the Andrea K show on AM 1170 The Answer.
2: Welcome back to the Andrea Kay Show. So awesome to share all this time with you out there. Got to say hi. I, I'm not as good with working the Facebook Live as my buddy Zan is. I can't really see. He got, he likes to go through and thank everybody for watching and listening and commenting. I only see like three names at a time. So sorry if i you know missing everybody out there. I would call you out by name, but I can't figure out how to do that. But anyway, glad to have you all joining me here. Thanks again to Dr. Sebastian Gorka, just such a hero of mine. Just such an amazing patriot and always an honor to honor to have him on the show but you know what i feel equally the same about my next guest kurt schlichter welcome back to the andrea k show thanks for having me hey um uh So much to talk about. So little time. Um, You know, I've already talked, you know, about Brennan and the deep state and what we found out with the FISA court. What's been going on? Um, I talked to Dr. Gorka about Trump's trip around the world and and how we're going to fight the terrorist attack. Um, You know what? The reason why I brought you on the show and you feel free to chime in on any of those topics, Kurt. But I actually saw the piece that you did. And Kurt is a contributor to townhall.com. I thought it was genius because you were talking about um, the, out, the shock and outrage, I guess, on the part of the left that and Forte, you know, he, you know, um, I said congrats on, on Facebook after he won... Uh, I said, congratulations to GGG G, G and Forte for the successful use of the cold cock a liberal campaign strategy. You know, That's the Dems are so low, they can't even beat a beater. Um, but, you know, he did. And in part, it's because of what you talked about in your townhall.com, you know, article that, you know, Americans are tired of being punched in the face. The left is who has created this coarseness in our society. And then they get all shocked when they get some coarseness back in the face. Right.
1: Well, look, when you set the rules uh you can't be stunned, or at least pretend to be stunned, that other people play by them. I mean, for so, you know, I would prefer a society where people don't go around punching each other over politics. I, you know, I served overseas in places where they did that, and uh, it's not, it's not optimal. But... It is human nature when people mess with you that eventually you start messing with them back. And, and what what's hysterical to me is you know they're they're shocked, they're stunned, they're outraged. How can this be? And then you look back and it, you know it's the same networks you know uh, like CNN showing the outrage who also like called Ferguson an uprising, who who thought it was hilarious when Trump people got beat up uh, at rallies. Uh, you know, they're not against violence. They're just against violence towards them. Mm -hmm. And it doesn't work that way.
2: Um... Yeah, you know, and and the left loves to play the game of set the rules. It's it's it's, it's so narcissistic. They want to be able to set the rules and and but the, change the rules it, it just all according to you know whatever does work for them, and um, and then you know sh- then there's outrage. It, it's so hypocritical and, and double standard, and it's a real gotcha game. Really, is what it is because well, it, you know because if a Republican does punch back, then it's then it's and what what was said to me when i made the joke about you know congratulations on the cold cock liberal oh you're condoning violence and you guys are supposed to be the anti you know violence so it's like you, you 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 can't win either way
1: well look i and i think people have stopped playing see it's not that i i, I condone g and 40 hitting them it's just i don't care andrea i i, I mean <laughs> I, I literally don't care there are only a few things there, there's only a certain amount of caring i can have in the world and caring about the uh easily anticipated consequences of certain behaviors befalling liberals um, to their dismay is not going to enter into my uh, uh, relatively expansive list of what I already care about. I don't have the caring room to care that some liberal got treated like conservatives get treated all the time. I just just don't care. This is terrible. Meh.
2: Yeah. This well, I, I, well. I, well, yeah. And I, and I, I agree on. with you there. I think what we should do is I think that this should maybe be a conversation about how, how much we should be fighting back against the forces of the left because one, right now we have a Republican Party with the majority. We have the White House and we have both houses of Congress and the left is still controlling everything. We're still like, uh, we 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 don't have anybody right now who's a Gia Forte, not literally punching anybody, but you know. The, Figuratively punching back against the left. We don't have one Republican coming out today and saying, what is, what did we just find out from di- from Director Brennan when he was head of the CIA last summer that on the basis of nothing, a Democrat sitting president spied on the opposition party presidential campaign and his ca- and his people? What?
1: Well, look there are, uh, a lot of the establishment Republicans are just weak.
2: But look, this is
1: this is a game of inches. This is a game of small gains over time. And that's how Trump's gonna win. Uh, the left is putting literally everything it has into this. And and, and, and eventually it is going to embrace, you know, actual more uh, systematic violence, I think, as this goes on, because it is losing. Mm-hmm. It is slowly being beaten back. Every time Trump uh, appoints someone, every time Trump gets a regulation, uh, you know, every each inch that we gain is an inch that they lose. It's driving them crazy, um, and they are stupid, and they will do stupid things. They have been doing stupid things. Uh, that's the subject of my uh, Thursday town hall. <laughs>
2: um, Good plug. It's, yeah, it's, uh, well, let's talk about the. However, though. Um, Winning by inches. We're, we're, how many inches have we gained right now? When we we still don't have the Obamacare repeal done. No. Uh, we've got probably. McConnell coming out and saying he's not going to go forward with the tax plan. I've got my my tax guys coming in to talk about it. But what in the world? Oh, because it, it, the, the, we can't prove right now that it's that it's revenue neutral. What McConnell? Did you not understand anything or learn anything from Ronald Reagan and how you how you lower taxes in order to jumpstart growth? I mean, the, these people cannot be Republicans. Kurt. You know, to me, uh, you know, we've got Republicans jumping on board, not just Republican officials, but in the media coming out and saying that we know that Russia interfered in our elections. Really? Based upon what, Katie Pavlich? She's your, is she a friend of yours? You know her with Town Hall? How, Hello, I love Katie. Well, here's my me- I would appreciate if you'd pass along a message. I have seen no evidence. In fact, our government officials have not seen the DNC servers. The DNC servers were outsourced to an anti-Putin company out of Ukraine. They're the only ones who have seen these servers who magically come to find out um, the Russians hacked into. No, our government should be the one conducting that investigation until that is done by our government, somebody under the Trump administration. Why is any Republican in the media or otherwise putting that out there as though it's fact that Russia hacked, as though it's fact that there was any basis for Trump to be to be investigated?
1: The media are Democrat liars. I mean, they're, they're, they're just part and parcel of the Democrat Party. And I think that's and that's one of the reasons they're losing power. Now, liberals are flocking to them, but normal people aren't. You get past I-5 and start heading west, <laughs> nobody cares. Or east, sorry.
2: Yeah, so, um, you know, right now, we've got to, because uh, we don't have Obamacare repeal and replace done, because there's, we've got a budget coming out and it doesn't include funding for a border wall, we've got the Republicans, we've got McConnell coming out and saying we're not going to go forward with this tax plan. You know, we've now got people already talking about how big we're going to lose in the midterms.
1: I don't think we're going to lose that big in the midterm, though though, uh, I don't think it's a done deal. Uh, I don't know anybody who said, gosh, you know, this whole Trump thing's really made me sad. (laughs) We had elected Hillary. This, this, This General Mattis thing's just gone so off the rails, and having Neil Gorsuch, it's just terrible. Okay, no one's saying that. Right. Look, it's going to be slow. It, mm-hmm. it's going to be it's going to take time and we're going to be frustrated now i i i am not advocating that people stop putting the pressure on i think i think the more we hassle and around yeah. them uh, to move faster the better but the realistic uh, you know realistically and that's you know i'm a military guy i, I fight the real enemy not the one i want mm-hmm. uh, i uh, we are fighting against everything they have. Mm-hmm. And the only way we're going to do is by interest. Simply, we simply do not have uh, the numbers of the power to do the vast sweeping things that I would like to do.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, so it, instead of being a general patent, got to be a general ulysses s grant and you just got to move forward and it's going to take time it's going to be frustrating and i'm not saying don't be frustrated i'm not certainly not saying don't complain because uh uh, complaining and pointing it out and uh uh, being a real pain to the uh uh, gop Mm -hmm. is a huge incentive Mm -hmm. because they will be slow because they are establishment
2: well speaking of slow um in in the two minutes we have left i'm talking to kurt schlichter by the way from townhall.com and also a friend of mine um Shakeups starting to happen. I think it's a little slow for Trump to get rid of the communications director. Supposedly he resigned, but I think we all know that he was—you know—he he, he was resigned um, at the hand of, of Trump. At least he should have been. Um, other shakeups are expected, um, and he's going to set up a war room to deal with messaging. Um, a little late uh, for that, but I don't think it's too late. I think that he's that he's going to start to get a handle on the communications and start pushing back against the false narratives. He, he d- unfortunately he doesn't have a Republican Party doing that work for him like the. Left does um, because the left see, those anybody in any position of leadership in the left are out there all day every day all day long pushing their agenda and with their talking points written down for them. Trump doesn't have that, so um, so I'm I'm glad that he's getting this war room together. What do you think he should be doing in terms of messaging?
1: Uh, first of all, I think he should be communicating with his people. Uh, Second of all, I think he should be paying, uh, doing what his people want. Uh, Trump has not been perfect. He has uh, failed to demand performance from his staff. Uh, Reince Priebus has failed to do the minimal things necessary to be a decent chief of staff. I know I've I, I, I done that job at least in the military, and I understand what the job is, which is to ruthlessly make sure that the uh, uh, boss's initiatives and priorities are met. And Priebus, I think, spends most of his time talking to his pals and the media and leaking. Because you ever see any you ever see any news articles about how screwed up Reince Priebus is? No. No. Oh, no, No, never, (laughs) never. But boy, everybody else, um, if I, if I was Trump, I'd say, Previs, tomorrow mm-hmm. I want 15 nominations for various jobs. I want them at 9 a.m. Bring your deputy when you present them, because if they don't satisfy me, I'm going to fire you, and mm-hmm. then your deputy will take over. And the next day, your deputy will come in with 15 more and his deputy. And that's how we're going to roll. You're going to perform or you're going to be gone. And of mm-hmm. course, that's what the chief of staff should be saying. Right. The fact is, you know, the light should be on in the White House till 2.30 mo- in the morning, mm-hmm. every day, until the the job is done, and they are just not putting out the material. No, And I think I, you I should. Think what do you
2: it, What do you think? Excuse me for interrupting. I've only got like a minute left. What do you think of of Newt Gingrich as chief of staff?
1: I, you know, I've heard that. Uh, uh, some people tell me that's a great idea. Some people tell me that's wildly chaotic. I don't know if he's ever been a chief of staff. He's an idea guy, and that's not what a chief of staff is. A chief of staff is a butt kicker who gets in there and makes sure the staff performs. Who provides tangible product to the boss
2: You don't think he needs like a war, You don't think he needs like a wartime concierge? No, that's a different job. You, you, see, I kind of think a different that, job.
1: He need right now, he needs somebody to make the White House run like a clock. He can get advice from a bunch of you. That's a different role. He needs somebody to get in there and ruthlessly say, you either perform for the boss or hit the bricks.
2: So that's like a Luca Brazzi does. or like a, uh, right, like a Clemenza.
1: Uh, yeah, more like a Neary
2: more, oh, okay I don't know that reference I know, <laughs> I know the godfather God. he, he was the guy
1: lurking in the background okay. after Luca got killed
2: <laughs> oh okay gotcha okay awesome <laughs> the scary one <laughs> <laughs> alright Kurt how can people read your stuff and see more about uh, you I go to town hall and buy my new book just out uh,
1: Indian Country on Amazon number 346 on uh, all of Amazon uh, Kindle already in uh, 24
2: hours awesome all right indian kurt. country all right I indian guess. company our right, country indian country all right kurt have a good one thank you okay now my buddy cv burton he's on I, I am able to see like three comments cv says previous is the guy who trump had to make a job offer in order to win the election he needed the rnc's cooperation absolutely you know he had to get in bed um, with these guys but i think now he's got to make a change um you I your other comment C V is gone. I think you, you mentioned something about Steve Bannon being the guy who's going to lead the counter coup. So um, I think that I think he's right on with that. But I'm thinking that it's time for Trump to bring in some other people from the outside. Speaking of people from the outside, it's almost time for my Al Rod segment. My boys, I see uh, Rod coming down the hallway here at the studio. We got my man Al here. So don't go anywhere. When we come back, we're gonna talk tax reform, we're gonna talk the economy a little bit. The budget, maybe. Andrea K. Show coming right back up.
3: Want more Andrea K.? Follow her on Twitter at Andrea K. Show. And like her Facebook page at Andrea K., spelled K-A-Y-E. You're listening to The Andrea K Show on AM 1170, The Answer.
2: Welcome back to The Andrea K Show. I'm loving Facebook Live and everybody who's watching out there and commenting. The only bummer for me is that I can't play like my favorite tunes because then Facebook won't allow me to post it or I'd be playing um, G-Thang for Al that... Became my new favorite song for Al, and Nothing then what was the
0: G thing, baby? baby
2: Two low down G's and we're crazy. And then what was the other one for Rod? What there was a song you liked? Well, probably Taxman. Now. It was Taxman by the Beatles. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm kind it of glad we don't us. have that one because that is not one of my favorite songs, Rod. But anyway. hey, did you guys know that? Um, what's his name though? Greg Almond died.
5: Yes, he over did. the weekend. Yeah. Yeah.
2: yeah, I wore my tie-dye jacket. For Him from which is like reminiscent of the 70s, 70s? Yeah, he okay.
5: was, uh, he was 70s. Yeah, that's it. and he was only 69. Uh, too Can-
2: young. Cancer, right. I, I saw a really funny quote of his, and, I, and I'm not, you never know on Facebook if these quotes are real or not. Mm-hmm. They get attributed to somebody, but he said something like, I took too many drugs and I married Cher. I wouldn't recommend either. <laughs> 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 I didn't know anything about him. I only know a couple of the songs, but I thought that <laughs> dude had a sense of humor, right? Yeah, he got to. Yeah, got to. Speaking of sense of humor, people um, who've been hearing Rod come onto the show for a while and watching on Facebook Live probably might might not imagine that you do uh, improv improvisation, which is a really kind of difficult thing to do. It can
5: be. Yeah. If you, if you have the right uh, kind of castmates who are supportive of you, it Mm -hmm. can be a blast. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, we, we did a show. uh, I took a number of courses and then our graduation was actually to do a live performance. And of course you knew you hope and pray that people will actually show up to this darn thing. So, you know, it'd be kind of embarrassing if you had eight, eight people on the stage and less than that out there in the audience. (laughs) So...
2: (laughs) <laughs> That's kind of how I feel every week on the Andrew and show. <laughs> so what
5: we did was uh, we, we invited friends and family and colleagues, et cetera, and many through Facebook. And Son of a Gun, we had uh, 50 people in wow. the audience, which we were thrilled for, believe me. We were thrilled to have anybody show up. Well,
2: but then you got to hope that they're going to laugh if your improv well, uh, that goes was the in other a comedic term.
5: Yeah, I was also hoping that people would uh, enjoy the performance and Son of a Gun people did laugh oh, and good. people did seem to enjoy themselves. So I was really awesome. thrilled for that. But you, ju- right. you just never know.
2: Well, this is your improvisational segment between the two of you because I've assembled you here today. Okay. I'm
6: not good at improv. Y-
2: well, sure you are. You know, every time you come on here, just don't don't try to join uh, Rod's troupe and get on stage, but you do good here. Um, I wanted you guys to talk about, uh, we've got, Tax reform and the budget that have been put forth from the Trump administration, mm-hmm. uh, the Republican Party saying they're not going to they're not going to to go with it, even though to me it's common sense what you know the American people want. Um, before I get into that, I wanted to share quickly for um, one of my favorite shows. I've had Cheryl Atkinson, uh former CBS reporter, who um, was kind of pushed out of CBS because of her reportage on Benghazi. I've had her on the show before. Amazing woman. She's got a great show on Sundays called Full Measure. She's one of the last like straight up journalists. Out there left. She is amazing. I encourage everybody to tune in, go online and watch her. Uh, she did a segment this week called Buying Power. Hmm. Did you guys know that these chairmanships of committees are basically paid for through fundraising efforts? It's like if you want to be chairman of the intelligence committee, you're expected to bring in um, an example of 1.5 million. Hmm. It's like, it's like your dues. I had no idea. It's I thought only
6: it was money. <laughs>
2: but, yeah, but I mean, it, but see, the problem is is that with, when you've got like the Financial Services Committee, Al, that's supposed to be overseeing and regulating the banking and financial in, industries, what's happening is they're, they're referred to as the Cash Committee, by the way, because while they're supposed to be overseeing and regulating the ban- b- banks and financial institutions, these are the people that they're doing something called Dialing for Dollars for, mm-hmm. where they're calling and raising money so that they can and buy a seat on on the committee ah. and so it's you know how are they how are they going to provide any any honest legitimate oversight of the banking industry when that's who's giving them money so that they can buy a seat on the committee
6: it's government.
2: And both part, I know, it's but It's
6: government.
2: I know, but you know what? I had. What no, he said? Uh, yeah, I had no. <laughs> it's the, yes, and it's an example of why the swamp needs to be drained. You what? And Cheryl Atkinson says one thing that can they can do right now, a solution mm-hmm. is that the House could pass legislation that fundraising cannot be taken into consideration for chairmanship positions. Mm-hmm. That is something that can happen right away. What would happen and, to the, uh,
6: the Democrats?
2: Well, it's both parties that are yeah. doing it. Both parties do it equally. They just have different amounts. Mm-hmm. Um, the heads right now, Maxine Waters, and then the other guy, the Republican whose name i never heard of.
6: Pelosi gets all of her power from being able to draw money in and it's, to the Democratic Party.
2: It, well, it's the same thing with Paul Ryan. That's that's why he's Speaker of Paul the House. Paul
6: Ryan is. Give me a break. Are that's, you
2: sure? Yes, that is how Paul Ryan. It, 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 Where he, do
6: you get your stats?
2: From Cheryl Atkinson from Full Measure. <laughs> And she is the one of the most respected journalists in the industry today. Go and watch her segment. I want to transition into you guys. Okay. But the buying seats on committees and buying Speaker of the House ship—that was like seven. You got to be able to raise seven point something million, I think, for oh. that one. Mm. I mean, she's got the actual dollar figure amounts.
6: Mm. No, uh, neither, she raises money for all the other Democrats. Well, that's as a well. different.
2: Exactly. Well, they all do because what happens is, for example, Maxine Waters, in order to have her position on the financial services committee, she raises. She raised, say, you know, $5 million. She gives X amount to sit on this committee, then the rest she gives to the DCC. So, and that's how both parties do it. So anyway, um, tax reform. Here's the elements of tax reform. Um, uh, From seven brackets down to three, 10, 25, 35, um, double the standard deduction, repeal alternative minimum tax, uh, lower capital gains, repeal of the inheritance tax. Uh, preserve deductions for marriage charity, cut corporate rate uh, from 35 to 15 with a repatriation one-time tax. Um, why would why would Republicans not go along with this? Anything you see here that you take issue with, either one of you?
6: I don't take issue with any of it. the The major issue is that there are no details. So every segment of the income tax rules is going to be ruined by Congress with complexity. Okay. Okay. And if they don't put in the complexity, we're going to have rampant. We're going to go back to the sixties where, um, the tax shelter world, it's going to be a different kind of tax shelter world, but basically you get away from paying compensation and taking everything at 15% bracket. And, uh, that, that is going to complicate income taxes even more mm-hmm. than we have now. So right now, you have a basic conflict in trying to characterize as capital gain as much as you can. Mm-hmm. That's gonna go away because it's gonna be multiplied by a factor and a significant factor, maybe three times, four times, uh, because of all of the, the uh, possibilities of recharacterizing. And there's just an immense, if you have a brain like mine or like Rod's, give me Give me one one crack and I'll figure out a hundred ways to get an advantage.
2: Well, getting an advantage for the taxpayer, I don't have a problem advantage with. advantage
6: through loopholes. There'll be more loopholes so unless Congress takes action and they will.
2: Okay. So you don't like the, you don't like the tax plan.
6: I didn't say that. Okay. I like the tax plan, the devil's in the details. The devil's in
2: the details. What do you want to add to that conversation, Rod? Because for you as for as sure. an estate planning attorney, what do you see in this plan?
5: Well, I mean if, if it were if the estate if the federal estate tax were to be repealed, then that's fine. The the thing to keep in mind is that on March first here in the state of California, a bill was introduced on the floor of the assembly which would re implement the old inheritance tax that we used to have in California. Now that was abolished back in 1990, 1982. Mm-hmm. So, you know, <laughs> I mean, it's not as if uh, California residents are really going to get a, a break here because mm-hmm. even if the federal estate tax goes away, it, it's conceivable that the inheritance tax that was reintroduced on the floor of the state assembly back a couple of months ago, mm-hmm. um, could uh, come back with a, with a vengeance. So mm. it's
6: a tax and spend state, California. Yeah, yeah. they want to tax accountants, CPAs, professionals,
2: mm-hmm.
6: right? right. On, yeah. on their collections. I mean, give me a break. It's one thing after another. They it's insatiable.
2: Yeah. Well, we yeah. Have you look at the highest this-
6: tax rates in the United States of America.
2: Well, and what a lot, yeah.
6: State by state, because the it's highest.
2: Not, oh, well, yeah, and then you, you look- And
6: then we're looking for more.
2: <laughs> well, yeah, with the gas tax recently as yep. well. And, yep. and, and Governor Brown, you know, we've only got a few, uh, one minute left with you guys, but uh, Governor Brown says that basically anybody who doesn't want to pay higher taxes is a freeloader.
6: <laughs> yeah, you're free. Did you know that? Do you know anybody that wants to pay higher taxes?
2: Well, how, well what, what, what no, that? Do that.
6: you know anybody? Well,
2: no, but not only that, but we're it's all like, freeloaders. He, <laughs> <he's>,
6: Improv. Yeah,
2: <laughs> he's calling the people who are paying the money freeloaders because no, there's no such thing as government money. I mean, it's crazy. Final thoughts, and then we got to wrap up.
5: Uh, let's see. I, it, it, I we're just going to have to wait and see what happens. Uh-huh. Uh, I think Al kind of keyed in on it. There, not, there just aren't any details. I think what the entire tax plan was like a page and a half. So. <laughs> I mean, we've got 86,000 pages to the tax code. It's going to need a little bit of beefing up. I mean, you've, you've gotten kind of a skeleton here, but gotcha. it needs to be fleshed out and seriously right. fleshed out. Before Look, the we-
6: disguise is we're eliminating the estate tax. That's the worst thing that could happen to the taxpaying public. Because all of a sudden, income taxes will go into the stratosphere so the the with the elimination of the step-up gotcha. and base. Got
2: ended there. How can people get a hold of each of you guys? I'll go first.
6: 619-296-2123.
2: Awesome. Okay.
5: Rod? Rod Hatley at Hatley Law Group, uh, 858-792-3444. All
2: right. Thanks for being here, guys. Welcome. You're doing a great job with the improv. <laughs> all right. All right. We're going to take a real quick break. And we come back. We're going to wrap with Stink of the Week and Hero of the Week.
4: home, a home that you will build great memories in. Call me or text me at 619-992-7113. Call me today. I would be honored to help you find your dream home.
5: You're listening to the Andrea K show on AM
3: 1170 The Answer.
2: All right, guys. Wish we had more time with, with uh, Al and Rod. Um, we're going to have them back because they were just telling me on the break that there was so much more we didn't even get into with taxes, but there's just there's just not enough time. Hey, my stink of the week, I, I don't know how to say stink of the week in German, but it's Angela Merkel for saying that, you know, when she didn't get what she wanted out of President Trump with climate change, said, you know, it's just, we've just gotten to a place where we just can't rely on other people anymore. Well, you know what, since when was self, self-sufficiency, you know, a bad value? That's the value of the American people. And you know what, we... We, as Americans, are not obligated to go along with whatever somebody else around the world wants us to go along with. My hero of the week is Katie Hopkins, who I guess was um, outed and was booted from her radio gig in UK for saying the following.
4: We're making choices in this country. We chose to let a jihadi back in, and we chose, therefore, for our little girls to be slaughtered. We choose to protect the human rights of jihadis, 3,000 of whom are roaming those streets because their human rights matter more. We're defending that over our small babies. And I think many mothers like me, many fathers, many normal people perhaps, uh, just feel that we've had enough now we've Mm -hmm. had enough we're tired of buying into the narrative that we're strong and the jihadis are weak no we've been knocked down we've been trampled on and i think the general population is fed up with being treated so awfully seeing our little ones slaughtered just to look after the the rights of these terrorists that want to kill us
2: i couldn't have said it better myself and it's good because I am out of time and I don't have time to say anything else. Hey, thanks for being here and sharing this time with me. Thank you to the one and only Dr. Sebastian Gorka from the White House for calling in. Thanks to Kurt Schlichter. Thanks to Al Rod. We're gonna make sure everybody knows how to get a hold of you for any tax help that they may need. Hey, thanks for joining me, everybody out there. This is the Andrea K show. Have a great week. Hi,
3: hi, 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 see you